Hi and welcome to the best half hour for all fitness fanatics. It's the Barcast. I'm Salt. And I'm George. I am right here with you, telling you all about all things bar for this season. Everybody's ramping up, everybody's getting excited. No guest today. We're talking to the big man himself. Wow, okay. Gorgeous George in the in house. The place to be. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So bar is going down November the 21st and 22nd. Absolutely. And um it's it's getting exciting, Salt. So I mean, like walk, watching all the different groups training, obviously we have our own group. Yeah. Watching the outdoor fitness, watching the mountain goats, seeing some other people who we never even knew were a part of the whole kind of tribe. But everybody's yeah. training, getting ready for November. It should be a good weekend for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the training sessions that you have been putting on have really become popular, though, you would say? Yeah, very much so. I, I think one of the things that happened last year that I discovered anyway was that people love the pop-ups. Right. But very often people came to the pop-ups wanting to just try some of the obstacles, try some of the challenges without necessarily wanting to train on them. Right. But it still wasn't enough time. Right. You know, you see it once, and then the next pop-up had a different set of obstacles or challenges. So this time, we've been able to take the groups and break them into different ability levels. Uh, we have an advanced session, and we have the kind of intermediate and beginners. And it's really more about, it's not a very dumb and down the workouts. At it's all. Just, exactly. It's just that the advanced guys have been doing this for longer, so they're working the same workout practically, but just pushing it a little harder and going a little faster. Um, and then the, the next block is one block behind. Yeah. So I've seen people come out and on the first week struggle with obstacles and get frustrated. And I'm not sure if I want to do this thing. And they're encouraged by their friends to come back. Yeah. And then by week three, week four, they've got it. And you don't really have that opportunity in a pop-up. So I think right. that's the other reason why the trainings have become so popular because people have seen themselves improve from week to week mm -hmm. on the skills, on the carries, as well as their overall fitness level. Like we were right talking about... Um, one of our new tribe members is Kara. Kara. Yeah, yeah, I remember Kara came to, this is now her second block of training. Yeah. So she would have done, she would have started doing this about two months ago. Yeah. And I remember her walking practically the whole whole course in St. Yeah. John because she just, her riding fitness wasn't there. Yeah. And then we had a, a sim this weekend, sorry, this, this week for that group. And, and she was in the top five. Yeah. Full, R, full RX, full prescribed workout, nothing dumbed down, no modifications made, and she was there in the top five with the rest of her team. So that just shows to show if you come and you're consistent, mm -hmm. the fitness will come. Yeah, you just got to be interested, and you say, and consistent. One thing I wanted to talk to you about is something that you've been talking to us about individually, but I think everybody that's partaking in bar, everybody that's listening to this bar cast today would be interested in knowing, and that's the concept of overtraining. Right. Yeah, and, and it's, it tends to happen more at this time, right. especially. This time where we're like four to six weeks out from bar uh, and, and maybe somebody decided late that they're going to come and do the event in November yeah. for whatever reason. Maybe they were traveling beforehand or they never thought they'd be able to do it. They decided to jump in and it's like, oh, shoot, I only got six weeks. I got to train every day, twice, three times a day. But I'm trying to get across to people that, that the adaptations don't occur during the training session. Mm -hmm. They occur after. Right? The training is a stimulus for the change, and then your body adapts to the changes when you're resting and recovering. Oh. So if there's no rest and recovery, there's no adaptation. Right? It's so not productive at all. Then. It's not productive. So you kind of have to still be a little bit patient. I think six weeks is long enough that you can still come and you can get pretty major improvements over that period of time, but you're not going to get improvements if your joints are hurting if you can't sleep at night because you're overtraining, if your nutritional status isn't there to support that volume of activity that you're doing. So I would say try to plan your week that some of your workouts complement each other. I want to talk so you about have that. Your, yeah, you have your intense workouts, and then you have workouts that are not as intense that are actually helping you recover from those intense workouts. Plan and program 
rest days into your workout so you can be stronger for the intense workouts because the idea behind the intense workouts is that they should be at close to maximum capacity right right those are the those are the workouts where you're starting to figure out where your red line is or your for, for the guy that the, the real nerds out there among us you know your your a lactate threshold oh, right dear. right so your anaerobic <laughs> threshold where can i get to the point where i'm starting to redline but not quite right you know you're not steady state anymore your body's right there barely meeting its demands as far as oxygen is concerned if i go any higher i'm going to have to stop right. so you use the training sessions to start to figure that out and then you recover with a recovery run or some sort of restoration workout in the gym but if you're just banging 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 every day going hard yeah you're you can be tempted to do that there. If you come out, especially you think that you are at a certain level, you come to a pump right. or you come to a training session and you see somebody blazing. You know, I got work to put in and you yeah. want to try to put in all that work in one day. Absolutely. <laughs> and I see it. I see, I see people come from other sports or other right. activities and they're fit. But the thing with fitness is that it's all specific. Right. You know, I, I know like sometimes I've been training for one particular event and, and then my guys from school said, George, come and scrimmage, man. You in shape. Yeah, we got the you know we, Harrison College has this battle of the, the, the decades every yeah, yeah, every yeah. November. So George come around with me, and be like, all right, let me go and do a little scrimmage first to see if I could jump in with these men. And next thing you know, all my inner thighs hurt, my back <laughs> hurt, my butt. Yeah, because it, it has to be specific, right? So you're training on, on. I mean, there's some people who just have a very high level of cardiovascular fitness, and that will tend to get them through something like bar. Right. But they might not have the upper body strength. They might not have the grip strength. They might not right. be able to carry. So it's don't worry if you come that first couple of days and get your butt kicked a little bit. Figure out what the trainings are that, that fit into your schedule yeah. and then work your own individual workouts around those trainings to help support whatever you think is your, your weakness and to give yourself some time to recover in between. Yeah, I oftentimes tell people, like, don't watch. They, you may say, oh, I am strong enough, but a lot of these things are also technique. Correct. Yeah, well, right. I want to talk to you about the rest days. Now, we got mm -hmm. seven days in a week. How many days should we be resting? We need at least one full rest day. We do nothing at all. No, nothing at all. That might be, you might go to the beach. And now, again, depending on your, if you are, something we call it your training age, right? right? And the training age has to do with how long you've been training and at the intensity of your training. So you, somebody might be 40 years old, but they basically were busy since school with, with their career and everything, and they might have a training age of three years. Right. Just because they just started three years ago. And then you might have somebody who was running about since he was five years old and never took a break. Right. Now, that person may be able to do seven days a week if he's varying the intensities through the week. Right. But even for that person, we like to say, like, give yourself one full rest day a week. And for beginners, and even some intermediates, I like them to have two because their, their bodies just haven't adapted to that point yet right. where, where they can maintain that kind of intensity without compromising their immune system without compromising their joints. So you honestly, sometimes overtraining can break down your immune system and get sick. Absolutely. If you think about it, and, and high-intensity exercise tends to do it too. Right. The higher the intensity, the more compromised your immune system tends to become. So if you think about it, all of these systems from your joints, your muscles, your thyroids, your integumentary system, your immune system, even your digestive system, mm. these are all fed and supported by the same amount of food that you give your body. Right, right. right. So when you have, you need more of those nutrients to recover your muscles mm -hmm. and your lungs and your bones. There's less of those nutrients going towards your immune system and your lymphatic drainage system, et cetera, et cetera. So now they become compromised a little bit. So either you have to really be very, very careful and um, 
you have to be very careful and, and, and consider how you're, how you're programming your nutrition over the course of the week, mm-hmm. or you should take a couple of days off in the week, for sure. You mentioned recovery runs. Mm-hmm. No, that's something like, that's, that's like a low-intensity run. What's the benefit of that? Yeah, so... Maybe I can ask you that because I like to run it, but you run fast all the yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The concept yeah. of a recovery run, that is interesting to me. So in the last, I would say last, maybe 10, 15 years, high-intensity interval training has become more popular. Right. And the idea behind high-intensity interval training is that, you know, you get fitter quicker. Mm-hmm. You get shorter workouts, the intensity is higher. You get the same, you get some of the muscular adaptations as well, and your body gets fitter. But one of the things that happens, there's two type of adaptations that happens from a cardiovascular point of view. The first one is that your heart gets stronger, so it's able to pump more blood to the working muscles. And then the other adaptation is that your muscles get better at extracting the oxygen from the, from the blood. Mm. Now, the first adaptation where your heart is getting stronger, that happens at the higher intensities. So interval training, boom, 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 do all them things. Heart gets stronger. Right, but at the lower intensities is where your body's getting better at actually extracting more of the oxygen from the blood. So your body builds up more of the fine blood vessels that go into the muscles. We call mm. them capillaries. And then there's these little things that sit on the muscle cells that the exercise physiologists call mitochondria. And the mitochondria is break down carbohydrates and fat to use for fuel for the muscles. But those adaptations happen at lower intensities. Okay. So you'll see that some of the elite endurance athletes, when they start their season, all they're doing is long, slow runs. Because yeah. no, they have, obviously, they're planning a, a four-year cycle or a one-year cycle. So they slow, have slow is relative. Though. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For them, right? But for them, they might be working at a 60% heart rate right. where they feel like they could be talking the whole time, right? Which is where right. you want to get to, yeah, because you might say slow run on somebody, but it's already run slow, but you right. might, you, what you call it still might be compared Correct. to the wrong person. And, so. and it's, it's, a, it's about intensity for you. Right. You know, if, you exactly. go, if you go on that scale from one to ten, you might be down at four or five. You should feel that you could carry on a conversation. Me and you out for a run, we could carry on a conversation right. and we're comfortable. We feel like we could, if we had to keep running, we could run like this all day. Right. We ain't getting at the point where I have to take a breath in between, in the middle of sentences, and if I go any faster, I can have to stop. Right, right, okay. So now we're looking at registration. It's um, barbadosadventurist.com. Correct. It is the website to go and register for both singles and uh, uh, team, correct. And I ask about that because with the same thing with recovery and what's not. A lot of people of the beginners class and people that are new to bar were asking me about the recovery between the singles in the morning right. and the team in, in the evening. How much time recovery time would they have there? Well, the good thing is that because we're relatively let's call us a small to medium enterprise at this point, <laughs> right? We're, we're not like a, a Spartan race where it's going to be five thousand runners, right? Um, we tend to give those teams that have persons who run in the individual later heats. Right, okay. Right. So if you come in the morning and you do the singles event, your team will run in one of the later heats. Right. So you're going to have a good six hours to recover, right? What should you be doing in that recovery time between the individuals and the teams? Hydrating. Hydrating. Lots and lots of proper hydration, whether it's just water or something with electrolytes. Um, some sort of recovery meal, something like a Gatorade, for example, <laughs> yeah. um, getting a recovery meal in because now you have to replenish the, uh, the energy that you use uh-huh. in the morning plus prepare for what the energy you're going to expend in the evening. Right. Um, I'd say don't try anything new as far as food is concerned. Right. Because you don't want to like somebody give you a gel or something that you never hear about before. 
works for them. And next thing you know, it upsets your stomach and your stomach gurgling right. the whole way through the, the race. It also changes supposed to work out in training as well. <laughs> exactly. Those are yeah. things that if it, it's never on race day. Yeah. So find foods that are familiar. Um, replenish in the morning. Try and plan your meals through the day so that they're giving you time to get the nutrients in while allowing the food to digest so that you don't feel heavy and uncomfortable Interesting during the Interesting the intakes of food as well because the other morning I went to do um, mountain goats. Right. And I was telling Amaris and Darren last week after we recorded their podcast and uh, I, I have a good morning and eat pie. And both of them scoff at me. I'm not advising anybody watching this podcast. Right, Honestly, right, right. they're going to eat pie before a long run. Right. It worked for me that right, morning, but it's right. something that I'm going to try to avoid going forward. Right. If the champions can tell me, nah, that's not a good idea. Right. Right. Yeah, pie, pie may not be the best thing. But that's all we're looking at. In terms having of, said that, yeah. if I had a choice, if I had an absolute beginner and I had to give them a choice between pie yeah. and oats, yeah. Right before a meal, right before a race, yeah. I'm gonna say go for a pie, and I tell you why because high fiber foods take longer to digest. Right, high fiber foods are foods you want generally like. That's why we we, we prescribe high fiber foods for people who are trying to lose weight right. because they have this full feeling for longer. longer. Okay. Right, but before a race, you don't want foods that are gonna take long to digest. You want right. foods that are gonna go quick, assimilate quickly into your system and right into your bloodstream, so you can use that energy. Otherwise, all that blood. That should be in your working muscles is now in your stomach trying to break down these high food. fiber foods for energy. So um, are we talking like a diet, a meal between heats of like lots of carbs or protein? What are we talking about? Correct, yeah. Well, protein is a recovery food, but it also takes a little longer to digest generally, and it tends to, to take more energy to digest. Yeah. So, you know, your white rice, maybe some tuna or something, you do want mm-hmm. some protein to protect your muscles a little bit. But nothing, even, you know, your shakes, and if you have them, the gels, and if you're used to using them, um, shakes, again, are easy because they're, they're basically pre-digested because they're blended um, and, and lots of rest. If I, could, if I could go home, my idea, if I were thinking I were competitive, for example, I came out and I ran the individual in the morning, and let's yeah. say I, I won my age group or I was close to the podium, so I pushed oh, Yeah, home. you just did it. In fact, I did it. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But you don't just do it for fun. You out there, yeah, you yeah, crack, you, right? You crack, yeah. As soon as I finish that, and I know I'm doing the evening, as soon as I finish, I'm going to have a mixture of carbohydrates and protein to replenish. Yeah. I'm going straight home. Mm. I'm going straight home. And if I could get into a little ice bath, I can do that because it's going to help to reduce Perfect. the inflammation ah. in muscles. Um, and then I might do like a little mix of heat and cold because the heat brings back the circulation. Mm-hmm. So I'm alternating like a hot shower, cold shower thing for a little while. It may and be more than once. Well, no, just, <laughs> just, just stay in the shower for a little longer. Oh, turn on the oh, hot water, turn on the cold John, water. John's saying no, you can go on beer three times. And, and, then, and then if you live in St. John or St. Joseph, that ain't happening. Right? <laughs> right? So, and then just basically go and relax. And get you know, back just it, See yeah. if you could even get a, like a little 45-minute minute lap. Because if, if the naps are too long, you go too deep in your sleep cycle and you wake up foolish, as right. you just say. So you yeah. want to just go through one sleep cycle, which tends to be very restorative. Mm-hmm. And you get back up and then you prepare for your race in the evening. We're going to actually talk a bit about recovery between a day one and day two a little later. But I want to remind the people, though, that if you register now, you register for the singles or the team, there is um, Race for a Cause. There is Race for a Cause. Yeah. And, and, and again, we want to thank um, David Sumrick and the Amaroni Trust and Fund yeah, who stepped up and, uh, and come out to help us with Race for a Cause. Race for a Cause is an incredible initiative this year for the Barbados Adventure Race. And... Um, you know, we, we wanted to do something for the wider community. Yeah. Obviously, with, with COVID and everything, there are lots of persons out there who are out of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, a lot of charitable organizations that would normally get contributions from them 
haven't been able to see those contributions. Right, right. So it's right. not even necessarily that, you know, we're going directly to these people, but like before maybe, you know, I had a little job and I, I was a charitable person and every month or so I might get a heart and stroke foundation, a little hundred dollar bill or a $200 bill for right. them to do their work. I can't afford to do that anymore because now I, I have to keep whatever savings I have left to look after my family because I don't know what I'm going to... You know. Well, yeah, I don't even yeah. know when I'm going to work again, right? right. So um, what the Amaroni Trust and Fund has come and done is like created the Race for a Cause where they're going to match a lot of the funds generated through the event mm -hmm. to donate towards these three charities. Okay, and that's both for the singles and the team events? Well, in, individually for the singles primarily. Right. But what we're also doing, we're giving persons who are... Um, doing the team event an opportunity to raise funds themselves. So if you like, if you hear like hear this podcast and you're like, you know what, right. I like that raise for a cause thing. I would like to know how I could contribute. Yeah, you and your teammates, your company, your organization, you can get out there and raise some money, and whatever you raise, the Amaroni Trust and Fund will match up to right. up to a two thousand dollars. I think it is. Two thousand, yeah. So we'll match yeah. it up to two thousand dollars. So the maybe team, giving away David's money. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it's not my money, so we can give it away. So, so, so yeah. So if you go out there and you raise two thousand dollars, they'll match it up to two thousand oh, dollars, nice. right? And and then we put all this money together, and the, and the three charities um, are the Substance Abuse Foundation through the Verdon House and Marina, yeah. um, uh, Heart and Stroke Foundation, and the you have it right there, right in front of us. So yeah. Um, so you have the Heart and Stroke Foundation mm -hmm. here, the Substance Abuse Foundation, and the Barbados Diabetes Foundation. That's the one. That I should know that one because I, I actually have a registered charity called Run for Life Events. Okay. And, and Run for Life Events, our main thrust was diabetes um, education. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to in, in, you know, inform people of the things you can do to deal with a disease, to avoid it, et cetera, et cetera. And we've had that charity now since 19, I want to say since 19, Mm -hmm. Okay, I see here as well, and there's going to be a donation um, for the lady first three. Right. First, second, and third places. The Amaroni Trust is also going to match the prize money. Yeah, not just the first three. So when you go to BarbadosAdventureRace.com and you register for your individual event mm -hmm. and we want everybody to do the individual if you can so the individual this year if everybody doing the individual then everybody can go and run the teams at the same time <laughs> <laughs> exactly right it's just gonna be random then. but um but this year especially for the individual we have the open wave and the open wave is is for me the open wave is where we're going to see a lot of the growth in this event because obviously we have persons like yourself salt who are looking to podium this year and then we have people who are like you know what I just hear about Bar and got, I ain't got 14 weeks or 16 weeks to train, but I want to go out there and have fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't want to be stuck on an obstacle or get myself in a situation where I feel like I last and I look bad on the course. And we're like, look, don't worry about that. Let's Definitely start don't then, worry about that. Yeah, let's start and then men go and do the competitive wave, and then you do the open wave. The open wave is more, let's call it for fun runners. Yeah. We're still going to give you a People time. People running with a phone, aren't they? Exactly. We're yeah. still going to give you a time. Yeah. So you could be like, you know what? I want to go out there and test myself, but I ain't really want to be holding back in the body, or I only want to be compared to them, man. You could go and you could run the course as fast as you want, or you could run with your friends. Stop and take pictures. Stop and take pictures. You could spend more time on the obstacles to really enjoy the experience, right? Yeah. So when you register, you select a charity that you want to run for. Mm -hmm whether you're doing open wave or competitive, you select the charity you want to run for. And if you place an event, if you place first, second, or third, for example, mm -hmm. actually from first to 10th, although from fourth to 10, we're going to do 250, right. first 1,000, second 750, third 500. And then Correct. from fourth to 10th, it's 250 each. Let's say I selected diabetes at 
Diabetes Association of Barbados, and I came third. Yeah, the Diabetes Foundation, yeah. Yeah, my 500, that's a $500 contribution towards the Diabetes Foundation. Oh, nice. And so on and so forth. And then there's other ways as well where people can make contributions by making social media posts, um, hashtag race for a cause, and tagging Barbados Adventure Race as and So well. before you even get out there and, 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 and drop a bit of sweat, right. you've already contributed to a charity. Absolutely. You never have to leave home. <laughs> you know, you don't Please leave home. <laughs> you're like, Please you know, I, I want to support this venture. Yeah. You, you post a little picture of you when you're in the gym or at home running around your house. I'm here to support hashtag race for cross, tag Barbados Adventure Race, and boom. Now, I will say, don't put it on your stories. Right, we want to be on your main page. Because it's going to disappear, right? Yeah. And we won't be able to go ahead and t- click that hashtag and see everybody who's done it. I know some people spend a lot of time Carefully curating their main page. Good morning, Nikita. <laughs> Nikita and the Jerry, them sort of people. Yeah. And then they will do the kind of more transient things on their stories. Yeah. But we're not going to be able to find it. So right. make sure that if you really feel strongly about this cause, put it on your main page so we can put find it. Put it on your main page and make sure you have it up there, at least for the rest of the year. You could probably archive it in 2021. Correct. But yeah. make sure I put it up there so we can make sure that the charities get their due. Correct. So now, between the individual in the no sorry between day one and day two so day one you've and i'm going on the assumption now this is as i said i was talking to beginners right. who ran the individual in the morning right. went home the rest they had a hot and cold shower hot and cold shower right. and then they came out and they did um day one right but it's a miracle they, they've won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but they've come out done day one and they're going on to day two anybody know who's doing day one and then has to do day two right. the next afternoon What's the recovery like? It's a lot. It's like almost twenty-four hours for a sleep, right? It's almost twenty-four hours. So yeah. So the well, the only caveat I'll say to that is that in November we tend to start that final heat a little bit earlier. Right, right. And and the reason for that is that if you've made day two, we want you to be able to finish the race. Right, and it's longer. You, exactly. We want you to finish the race. The race is now ten k instead of six from the previous day, yeah. and it's a more challenging terrain. And so we don't want, like last year, we had to pull some people off the course for their own safety mm-hmm. because, you know, some people got stuck on certain obstacles, et cetera, et cetera. And by the time they got into the gully area of Peg, it was getting, getting dark. And we had to pull them off the course for their own safety. I don't want to do that. Right. If people take three hours to finish, they finish, they get a time, and they have their sense of achievement that they finish bar right. day two. So we're going to start no, a little bit earlier. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start a little bit earlier. So... It'll be about 20-ish hours, which is still plenty. Right. And I'll say that the most important thing you can do, the most important thing you can do is get a good night's sleep. Try to. Try to get a good night's sleep. Sometimes the excitement of Definitely. having made it day two and you know the competition and everything can keep people a little bit amped up because of the adrenaline. But if possible at all, get a good night's sleep. And that's going to do more for you than anything else you can do. When you finish, go home, have a, a, obviously have a good dinner or whatever. Again, plenty of water. Hydration. Good, yeah, good hydration. And try to get that good night's sleep. It ain't like, you ain't celebrating making day two. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't going out in the nightclubs. Drink some beers. Yeah, no, you no, ain't no, play no. up on a cruise or that. <laughs> no, 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 that would not be a good night for cruising. <laughs> yeah. right? And then the next day, again, get up, go through your normal routine, just get yourself mentally prepared, and come out and enjoy yourself. Because again, you know, anybody can win on day two. But there tends to be you know, five or six or seven teams that take bar really seriously mm-hmm. and they're the ones who are more likely to be up there. I'm not saying that you don't try to win, mm-hmm. but I think that it's important 
as well to try and enjoy the experience, even if you are trying to win, still enjoy the experience because Bar only comes around twice a year. Yeah. And it's the only event of its kind in Barbados. And it's only so, coming around once this year. And this year it's only once. You so, you know, when you go out there and you head down and you pumping and you casting your teammates because they're holding you back and everybody quarreling and fighting with one another, that, that's not what we're looking for with this event. At all. You know, we want people to, to come together and bond the camaraderie that has extended from individual teams to bigger collectives throughout the whole community is one of the things that has made this event grow. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping to, to, keep, to fo keep fostering throughout this event. You know, man, touch on another topic that I want to get on, which is the makeup of teams. Now, we yeah. talked a bit about it with Amaris and Darren last week. Mm -hmm. uh, something that you've been touching on with us as well. I right. think that all Barbarian and all Barbarian teams need it to find out about is that the makeup of a team. You may have three people who are excellent runners. Right. They may, and you just say, all right, this other person is strong, but they can't run as good. Right. That, per that team then is only as fast as that last as person. link, yes. Right. So, yeah, so if you haven't done bar before and you're thinking about it, um, you can't just run on ahead and wait for your teammates to come. Everybody on your team has to be there before you can start any obstacle or challenge. So it don't make sense looking good for your people at home on Instagram by running fast and going ahead because you, when you get there, you still got to sit down and wait till your other three teammates come. Yeah. So for me, I have seen teams with four average individuals or four above average, slightly above average individuals do better overall than teams that had three superstars and one who was not a superstar. And I think what tends to happen is that you have groups of persons who, who have friends and so on, and it's like, we only need one more body. All right, let me get this body who could do the skills or let me yeah. get somebody who's strong. And from the running perspective, I feel try to build a team where people are close to ability close in ability to each other because if I'm the guy who can do all the skills mm -hmm. and I'm pretty good on the carries and you guys are relying on me for the more complex skills and the heavy carries but I, my tongue pull out every time I try to run from segment to segment with you yeah. now my strength is gone because when I get to that carry I'm gassed so that could happen like, so then we got um, I would say I'm good at Atlas Ball mm -hmm. I would say but I'm not as fast as the other three people on my team right when I get to the Atlas ball, it could be problems for me, even though I'm supposed to be the best Atlas ball carrier, is what you're saying. Correct, because if, I haven't, if I'm having to work so hard just to, just to keep up with you three, yeah, when yeah. I get there, it's going to take, take me a long time to recover my breath. I'm feeling like all my muscles are tired just from the running. So I, I think when you look at comprising your team, if you have a team where everybody's not close enough in ability, then you have to think about strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that I saw last year, which actually seemed to work really well for one of the teams, was actually Amherst's team. Okay. So Amherst, obviously, is the beast on any yeah. team she's on. Yeah. And Amherst was probably... I was going to ask you who's going to be the man, who's your two women on her team this time? Because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to leave you on your own with that song. <laughs> maybe, maybe Mark. <laughs> but, um, but they had... Gina, yeah. Gina Lee Shepard, who had started running late, was never really somebody who ran at school or anything. That's why I think that Gina's running has really improved. Really, really I've improved. It, exactly. Yeah. But she, she was jumping in with, with, with three other people who, who were really good runners. There was yeah. Ian, who was a natural runner. Obviously, we know Amaris. And I think later on in their preparation, one of the guys got injured and it was replaced with Kenny. Okay. Right? Yeah. But so that's all, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenny was the other girl, I think. <laughs> so so when um so what they were doing, 
since you can, you know, you can split up a little bit between obstacles and challenges, yeah. they would always send Gina first. Okay. So let's yeah. say it was an eight-foot wall or whatever, they would get Gina over the wall first, and they'd be like, you run ahead. Oh. And they would let Gina run. Then the other three would get over the wall, and then they would catch her by the time they got to the next obstacle. Right, right, so right. That, that works for them that way. And that, yeah. that's another strategy as well, because it's going to be hard They're to find everybody. That we give out that yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I think it was out there from last year. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, you, don't, you want to, as much as possible, I think, stay together mm-hmm. as much as possible over the course, because it's not just a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we had a, a, a workout yesterday um, where we had, some, we had somebody, on, and I'm not going to call them out on here, but we had mm-hmm. somebody who, who won segments of the workout yesterday. Yeah. But as we got through the workout, they were starting to wear down mentally. Right, right, right. You know, and and I, I generally, in my coaching, I tend to do one or two things. I tend to be either drill sergeant or I tend to be supportive and loving yeah. Um, or, or somewhere in between, and and yesterday I kind of went off on them a little bit because right. I felt they should know better. You have to, you have to keep yourself in that kind of mental frame where you are always positive because from the time you let that stuff come out of your mouth, you you know as the people say you manifest it. Yeah. And not only you're manifesting it, but you're starting to affect the other people around you as well when you start to be negative. Yeah. So that that uh, speaks then to the chemistry of a team, then right. learning your teammates, and also learning. That's the, to be encouraging. I find that encouraging really, really works. Yeah, and gen- generally being positive, I think, works better. Mm-hmm. But for some people, like I've had coaches over the course of my you know, track and field or rugby career. I have coaches who were, <laughs> they can't really describe them as nice people. Right. Right? But my personality, I, I really don't care. I was more interested in the content. Right. So if I, if, I, if I suppose I did a 150 or whatever or 400, and I look bad. And my coach said, George, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Yeah. But then he gives me something positive that I can action to improve. Right. I'm all right with that. That's all I want. But yeah. everybody doesn't respond to that. Right. And you don't know that until you've had a chance to spend some time with your teammates. Right. And that's why I feel, you know, coming out and training together and, you know, doing a couple of the workouts together is really beneficial because I might know that you're an elite triathlete. Right. So I'm, like, I'm not worried with Salt and his running. He out there training. I mean, no, Stefan, we're all strong. Stefan's out there training. Yeah. And I'm here and so on. But I don't really necessarily know how you're going to react under pressure exactly. and, and in certain situations. So I'm thinking these guys are fit enough. We just got to come together on the day. Yeah. And then on the day, people see four rolling around and going fighting. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody spoke to somebody too harshly and they didn't appreciate it. Right. Um, also, I realized too that yesterday, I won't call the name of the person I was doing the law carry with, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was male and female, and she hear me, I just breathe hard once, and I was like, she said, I heard that, time to switch. Right. And that sort of thing then right. will help with the team as well, because you could tell from somewhere, and it was indeed approaching that red line that we right, mentioned right, earlier. Right, right. And, but before I could get there, I was thinking to myself, I could probably get to this next point here, but she was like, I hear that, come. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of thing will help you as a team as well. On the day. If you train together, you get to learn people, learn Correct. from their body language. I know what, what expressions they were made, how they, you could see when somebody had about to drop, and then yep. you know how to get them to pick up their head. Yeah, and, and honestly, like, that was something that with rugby, we learned. Yeah. I used to play rugby back in the day, like a year or two ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could never like, understand why you couldn't go straight home after the rugby game. Right. right. And the guys are like, no, no, this is a sport where you could get hurt, and you need to be able to without thinking about it, know exactly what your teammates are going to do, what their personality types are. And you only really get that from 
building some sort of social thing with them and learning about them. And that's one of the things that's come out of some of these trainings as well that has yeah. been really interesting. We Nobody don't ever go straight home after a bar session. Yeah, you know. So I would like to say that we've only recently introduced water. <laughs> after the sessions. After the, sessions. <laughs> the men would come after the session and be like, it was in the cooler and it was only ever beer. And most yeah. of the time it was Banks beer. Uh, and now we have Eco Water, the Sky Water as well, coming yeah. on to support us. And this is not a shameless plug. It is, a, it is a plug, but this is actually what I think to be one of the best tasting waters around. Uh, and it's so good for the environment as well. So we're, we're going to say, if you want to go out there and try Eco Water, it's on the shelves. And we obviously have it in the gym as well. Right. So, yeah. So you're coming out and you're doing the training. I think that that is one of the things that has really... Well, like last night, we finished training in the daylight. Mm-hmm. And we left up, up peg after eight. Correct. <laughs> and, and only because I had to get early this morning. Otherwise, yeah. you'd probably still be there now. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it really, again, the, the camaraderie is like people are competing against each other, but they're competing against the course. Yeah. And, and it's one of the few sports, and it's not just bar, obstacle course racing in general. It's one of the few sports where you see people who are competing against each other, helping each other, yeah. and encouraging each other. Even yesterday, after the log carry, um, Jamal, who is not, he was not on my team with the log carry yesterday, he was, and he's not on my team in bar in November, right. he came up to me and said, I think me and Joyce, we figure out how to carry this small log a little better. You know, if we do this and we do that, right, right, and right. discuss it with me, so giving me a strategy to try for the next pop-up. And I right. really appreciated that because yourself, Jamal. Like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this after he lent him my shirt to training. So right, like, right, right, right. It's just a big family though, yeah, right? Correct, and you get to know people. Yeah, and actually, I think Jamal is, is somebody who's doing both the singles and the team event yeah. in November. And I, I want to see Jamal come out because Jamal's one of those freaks of nature when it comes to natural athleticism. Yeah. You know, like most of the rigs and obstacles and stuff, he's just like a monkey on them. Yeah. He, he, he conquers them really easily. And I've, I've seen his running improve as well. He's very fast. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I think, I think that men's podium is going to look very different to last year. Yeah, you know, or let me, let me say the men's top ten. I think it's going to look very different to last year. Obviously, the the kind of red herring or uh, the kind of spanning the works is whether Darren competes or not. Yeah. Um, but if Darren is definitely not in the field, I think it's going to be. I, I could call ten names that I think could win that. Could event. possibly be on the uh, yeah, podium for sure. For sure. Yeah, we don't want to get any further into that though. If you no. want to know who George thinks is <laughs> going to be the top ten, you're going to continue to listen to Barcast. This is where we're going to call it for today. But don't forget, you got to register. Correct. So you want to go to um, BarbadosAdventureRace.com. Uh, when you register, select the charity that you want your contribution to go towards, um, and let us, you know, maybe post a picture of your registration. Um, your registration confirmation online, uh, hashtag Race, race for, for a cause. cause. Make sure you tag Barbados Adventure Race on, on Instagram. It's B-A-R underscore race. Tell your friends and family. Maybe go out and do a little drive and raise some money. Um, we will match funds up to $2,000. Um, get all your groups together. Obviously, lots of corporate um, uh, entities are going to be doing the race in the Republic Bank corporate race as well. So maybe you go around your office and you raise some money there as well. And um, let's see what we can do for the wider community um, for the Diabetes Foundation, uh, for the Heart and Stroke Foundation, as well as the Substance Abuse Foundation. Let's see if we can make a difference in people's lives through the Barbados Adventure Race. Go there, register, guys. Don't forget the pop-ups are coming up very shortly. Correct. October 24th is October our first 24th. pop-up. We're only doing two pop-ups this time around. Yeah. Um, we're going to do an individual pop-up. If you're doing a team event, the individual pop-up still applies to you. It just means you attack it as an individual. Right. So that would be like the rigs that you would not have seen before that you get chance to try because if you're doing a competitive wave this year 
Rings, rope, monkey bars are all compulsory for the entire team. Day one and day two. Day one and day two. Uh, right for the compel for the for the open wave. You heard it here. Yeah, first time, right? For the open wave. <laughs> yeah. Open wave, you can send one male, one female, but for the competitive wave, as the sport continues to grow, it has to look more like an obstacle course race. And if we start to send people abroad to compete for Barbados, they need to be able to compete on an equal footing. Yeah. So we have we can no longer dumb down the event. Mm-hmm. You know, and um and then we will have one that's going to be more geared towards team strategy. So like this lost tube and the 10-foot wall and those right, types right, of events. Right, right. And that one will be, hopefully, we haven't got a firm confirmation on it yet, but they've been very generous for us so far. We just need to get that, call, that telephone call, and that's going to be at Bushy Park. Okay. And guys, don't forget, you have the workout. Your week workout stru- um, is structured like this Mondays. You have the advanced rig. I can't even call it rig anymore. It's an advanced workout. Correct. Because there is rig work involved as well, but mm-hmm. George has also started because adventure races, obstacles, carries, running. And we get, we get all three of those on Monday, both for the advanced, we don't really call it advanced, but the people that are in the further block Correct. and for the intermediates. Correct. Because they're no longer beginners. Exactly. And Tuesday, and Tuesday, we repeat that workout for the intermediate Beginner, beginner group. So we call those phase phase two, phase three group. Yeah. Um, and then Wednesday, if you've done Monday, you've done the rig. Mon- Wednesday you go outdoors, and, and this last way. block moves a peg. Right. So you should be by 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 November twenty first, twenty second. You should be very comfortable with peg farms and nature reserve. Yeah. So we're gonna be on peg on Wednesdays for that block, and then the advance is there on 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 Thursdays, and then we have the intermediate and advance on Saturdays. Anybody well. that couldn't make it during the week Correct. because um. To tell you the truth, it's good to get a peg. You get to see what time the sun is setting up there and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So we've realized that peg, you got to start during yeah, the week right. at around 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock, yeah. 4 o'clock is a Saturday and Sunday. On oh, Saturday so, and Sorry, Sunday. Saturday Thursday. and Thursday, yeah. So um, we want to, again, say thanks to Paul Bourne and, and Peg He's for welcoming. very generous. Absolutely. Um, we used to be up there. We like people like saw until all sorts of hours at night. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and in, in, in case, in, he doesn't even argue about it. Instead, he gets on the lawnmower. He's got all the grass for us. Yeah. Um, and they've been very generous with their space. Um, so if you're going outside of the bar training times, yeah. um, they prefer for you to come and check in. Right. Right. Rather than just remotely people place like you yeah, order, yeah, go yeah. check in. I think there's a small contribution you can make towards, you know, upkeep of the place. Uh, yeah, yeah. $15. Yeah. And if you go and you eat something in the restaurant or you buy a, a crate of eggs or whatever, that they don't charge you. Okay. So just make sure you check in, let them know you're there in case something happens while you're in property. Um, and just, you know, pay that little respect because they've been very, very generous for Barbados Adventures. Also, want to thank the social podcast. They have yes. been very generous to us as well. Thank you very much, Stefan. Correct. And yeah. we, we are going to call it out here because, you know, if you put it out in the atmosphere and we put it out in the, 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 what it's called, the universe, it has to happen. So Be Social is going to put together a team, a team for the corporate challenge, and we're yeah. encouraging them to, you know, make it, show what you guys can do on social media. Make it a fun thing. Join the, the fun wave, the open wave. I think so. Get four people, post, share, get some good video content. You heard it here, people. And that goes um, out to you too, listening. If you are not necessarily a barbarian, you get three of your best friends correct. and you come out and do the open wave. Stefan used to be an administrator in sports in Barbados, so he's going <laughs> to organize it. <laughs> Stefan said he, he played dominoes for Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to say goodbye here. Thank you so much for locking on to the Barcast for this week. We'll be back with more episodes, more information, and of course, more entertainment for you right here at Barcast.